Well, good morning from my home to your home. Well, as you can uh, see, I'm preaching from home. Um, and as you have heard, uh, both Rich and I uh, got COVID this week, and we were uh, both kind of sick for a couple days uh, starting on Tuesday night. Um, and, and honestly, I didn't really get any major symptoms. Uh, I just felt just had a lot of the body aches and all that kind of stuff and kind of lasted for about a day and a half and um, called the 811 number. They said, no, we don't probably don't have COVID, but just get some rest. But I really just felt that I should get tested. And so as I felt that I went out to one of the testing sites, they, they turned me away saying I only have one of the symptoms. I can't do that. So I went back and I said, no, I just need to get tested. Uh, so I insisted and they gave me a rapid test to take home. And um, I, I, I'm so glad I did because I tested positive and that made sure made sure that I didn't come to church today and to, to be able to see you guys and to continue to pass this and, and spread COVID. But one of the things is that uh, my family is doing well. Uh, Steph has no symptoms, neither does Judah, but Faithy is starting to show some symptoms um, as of last night. And so she was actually my biggest worry out of all of um, my family because she's the youngest and uh, yeah, she just can't express how she's feeling. And so um, she, please, please pray for her. Uh, she's not doing the greatest. She's very lethargic, has a continuous running nose that started yesterday. Um, and I, I really don't hope that it doesn't develop past that or further than that and I hope that really that this is kind of where it stays and so if you could keep faith in 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 your hearts and pray for her uh that'd be great um but uh today we're supposed to start a new series and that's where we're gonna go we're gonna we will start our new sermon series called formation this is a continuation of our fall series of uh, foundation. This is part two. It's going to be a deep dive into um, what do we do? Foundation was to look at who we are, but formations is what is our mission? How do we live? What forms the church and what do we do? So as we get inside today, um, this is what we're going to examine. Um, but before we get into that, let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Um, that as a church, we can still gather even through technology. But that we just ask for your spirit to come, to come into each home, to come into uh, your church today, to come into your people. And Lord, may you speak truth. May you speak um, just life into our church. So Lord, in light of even what we're going through right now in light of Omicron, in light of COVID, in light of all of those things, Lord, that I, I just pray life into our church. So, Lord, we thank you. And as we come before you and as we look into your scripture today, Lord, may you speak to us personally. May you speak to us corporately as a church as well. So, Lord, we thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, if you have your Bibles, uh, today we're going to be looking at Romans, uh, specifically Romans 12. Um, and if you don't have your Bibles, please raise your hands. Um, I know that our hospitality team will, will come around and uh, give you a Bible, and that Bible is for you to take home. And I just want you guys to all have the Word of God with you all the time. So whether you download it as, a, a, as an app on your phone or whether you actually have a physical copy, I want you guys to be able to, to have the Word with you at all times because this is, this is kind of the heart of the church. This is 
what gives us our life. Um, and so have your Bibles. But last week I talked about what it means to be with Jesus. I said that last week in my sermon, I said that this sermon will set the tone for the rest of this year. That when, as we looked into John 15, it says that Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you. To abide means to live our everyday life um, with the presence of Jesus, because he goes on to say, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. This means that our primary as a Christian is just to be with Jesus, to know who he is, to learn to be present with him. When we're able to do that, then what we do and how we live begins to look more and more like Jesus, and our ministry begins to be a reflection of his ministry and who he is. And all of this is so that the world will know who he is. Jesus is continuing to do this ministry in us and through us to transform and empower the church to give God the glory. How? It's through our fruit. The fruit that we bear, or as we know, is as the fruit of the spirits and through the spiritual gifts that he gives. So over the next seven weeks, we're going to go through Romans 12 uh, verses three to eight, and we're going to look at the individual gifts, uh, individual gifts each week. But today, I'm going to set the bigger picture for us first. So, if you have your Bible, turn to Romans 12, and we'll start from verse one, and I'll read to verse eight here. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. It says this: I I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them in prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So in this passage, it begins with, by saying, Paul writes this, he says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. We're all pretty familiar with this concept. And this is actually spoken very bluntly. But this is also a very, very difficult thing for a lot of people to take on. Why? Because this is a very big ask. What I've learned throughout my years as a pastor and what I've learned in, 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 as I understand both the church and how the church functions, but also my study of the Bible is this. It's oftentimes the Bible is very straightforward and the church is not. What I mean is this is that when we read the teachings of the Bible, it states it as facts. This is what we need to do. This is how we do it. But every church that I know, and even as a pastor, I've done this myself, so I'm not, I'm not 
casting blame. This is this is something that I had to reflect on myself. Is that oftentimes we sugarcoat or downplay what is being asked or what is required from us to live a Christian life. What I, what I mean is that sometimes we we present it in a way that it's like okay, pre- present yourself as living sacrifices and we, we 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 pastor people through that that's that's what pastors do we we like to to help people get to that place of what is sacrifice how are you presenting yourself as sacrifice but jesus and paul never does that they they they, they never just say oh this is this is a good suggestion and you'll you'll get here someday yes it is a you'll get here someday thing but it's a command this is not a suggestion this is a command it's not only if you believe you will inherit the kingdom of God, but you have to believe and represent the kingdom to inherit the kingdom. That's that's not what the church's message is often. Sometimes the church is like, well, if you believe, you'll inherit. Here's the thing that Jesus says, because at the end of the day, Jesus will either say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, or he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because in Matthew 7, it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the one that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So when it says present your bodies as living sacrifice, this is what it means. We find in verse 2 and 3. First, do not conform to the world. And I want to challenge our, how we think here. Oftentimes when we, we talk about do not conform, we, we go to a list of things that we are not supposed to do. But I want to kind of shift the focus of the church. I want the church to start thinking in a way that instead of being against things, that we are being for things, that we, we, we are for things. It's not just to say, these are things that you shouldn't be doing, but to start doing things that the world doesn't do. For example, loving your enemy, forgiving when you have been injured or offended and returning good for evil, showing kindness uh, to those who are ungrateful and selfish. These are things that we are called to do in the Bible. So focus on doing those things that set you apart from the world. And you will start to see that if you set your heart on doing the things that you should be doing, then doing and doing those things would actually start to transform you to not do the things that you shouldn't be doing. So not only that this is that this would be so different and non-conformative that it would actually start catching the attention of those that don't follow Jesus because they're, they are the ones that are, are, are known for doing transformative things. So I want the church to be known for doing transformative things, not just to be against things, but that we're doing things that transforms the communities that we're, we're part of. So when we say do not conform to the world, start doing the things that Jesus commanded us to do and, and not focus on the ones that, are, that prohibit everybody else from doing. This will bring a radical almost version of the church to what people see of the church. I want the church to focus on the things that the church needs to be doing, which is helping the poor, serving the widows and orphans, healing the sick, working with those that struggle with depression, anxiety, loving people, and stepping in the gap of those that need help. This is is what's going to set the church apart. 
The second thing it says is to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The only way that we are transformed is to know who you are first. God always starts with you, not your spouse, not your children, not your neighbors, but you. Jesus in Matthew 7 says, remove the plank or the beam from, the, uh, from your eye. Then you can see clearly how to help your brother remove the sliver that is, is in his eyes. To have a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing, a new way of operating, to operate what is good and acceptable and perfect according to God's will. How? Well, verse 3 tells us, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment in each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For the grace that is given to me, I love how Paul uses the word grace here, because grace tells us that this is a gift. Grace tells us that this is undeserved. Grace tells us that Jesus did the work first. Grace tells us that it is only in Jesus that I am able to do this. Grace says that I am no longer living for me, but I am living for the one who has given me life through his son, Jesus. So in this space of grace, I not think highly of myself because I know that this is what Jesus did. It is with this grace lens that Jesus did it because causes us not to think highly of ourselves. Because what does it say? That we will have sober judgment. So that sober judgment is to remember that we are fallen, fallen people. It's not about a self-loathing uh, that actually causes, like that the, the brings out false humility. Because that's, this is not what it's, it's about. It's for us to be grateful and thankful for what Jesus did for us is to know that we belong because of this grace and it brings in humility and worship. So then Paul goes on to say in verse four and five, for as in one body, we have many members and the members uh, do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. This paints us a, a, a very beautiful picture of the church, that we are one body with many members. We, we tend to have this cultural reference or mental picture of what the church looks like or what it should be. Everyone does. Um, and this is something that, that I want to help us kind of reevaluate. It says there's one body, so there's only one church. Five stones is part of this one church. The body contains many different parts so that it serves different functions. So the church should also have different parts that serve different functions. And I'm not talking about den denominational differences. I'm not talking about even racial or social or even style of worship. I'm not talking about the small nuances of how church operates. Or, But what I'm talking about is how the people operate. Oftentimes we live in a culture that when you 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 have a membership to a certain club, like you, 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 you join a, a club or, or a, a group, then everybody become, begins to look the same and do the same things because of the, the, the certain interests that you guys are in. There's this, there's this idea of uniformity that, that our culture loves. We, we begin to have the same cars, the same outfits, the same brands. We talk a certain way. We, we, we carry a certain accent. 
um in so many ways it's it's kind of like how like right right now how the millennials make fun of how the gen z dresses and gen z makes fun of how the millennials dress um or even how the boomers were making fun of the the millennials it's the same thing oftentimes we see it in church too that 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 if you're part of a church this is how you need to look this is what you need to do these are the things that you need to carry these are this is like I know churches that are like, well, if you have a Bible, you only have the NIV or you only have the ESV or whatever it is that the church begins to be just copies of each other. And, 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 but this is the thing that this is not God's idea of what the church is. His idea is for diversity within the church here, that there are many members and that we are not to be alike. That's the joy of it, that nobody is supposed to be the same. That everybody brings their own gifts as they bring their own gifts. These things minister to different peoples that the church in its diversity, therefore, can minister to a diversity, a a very different type of people. The church needs to be diverse, not just in our appearance, but even in who is in the church. When I was in seminary in Chicago, um, in Chicago, there's actually a, a very strong contingencies of seminary and very well-known seminaries in town. So uh, there was the Chicago Theological Seminary. There's Chicago University of Chicago's Divinity School. There was Moody. There was Wheaton. Uh, and there's Trinity. These are kind of the big ones. And there's North Park Seminary as well. And you could spot what seminary each student came to when just by looking at how each student carried themselves. Like the North Park kids were always a little more hippie-ish. Uh, the Wheaton kids were all like rich. The, the the University of Chicago Divinity School, like these are the smart kids. Uh, and same as Trinity and Moody was like the, the conservative evangelical. Like I was a Moody kid. So, um, but I also broke a lot of the rules with Moody. Um, not surprising. Um, but there, there was no diversity in the, in, in the sense that when you looked at the students, you knew, oh, that's a Wheaton kid or that's a University of Chicago kid or that's a that's a North Park kid. Like North Park kids didn't even wear shoes. Um, that's how hippie they were. This is not diversity. This is basically carbon copies of the same thing. That's not how God created us to be. God tells us that we are to be different. How, how terrible would it be if all Christians began, began to look the same? So God goes and he's, he, again, he said, through grace, these gifts are given. And, and here we see seven gifts listed here. And then we'll dive into each gift each week separately on its own. But there are other areas in the Bible that we're going to actually, that, that, that cover this idea of spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, um, they, 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 all of these passages actually give us a complete list in the, of the total gifts given to us and how they work together. And we're going to look into all the different passages as we uh, look into the different gifts that are, are listed here in, in uh, Romans 12. But the point is just that God has given us gifts. That Paul calls these gifts graces. I like that. I like how... It is because grace is only given. It's not earned. It's undeserved. So these gifts are the same. They're given and they're not earned. You cannot work for them. You cannot work at them. They are given to you. But in 1 Corinthians, it does say that you, it does say this, so you can ask for them. 
So verse six to eight, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith and if serving in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with seal, the one who does acts of mercy uh, with cheerfulness. These gifts are given to you and it enables you to not only give to others, but really find yourself in them. Because these spiritual gifts is something that will fulfill you and you're going to enjoy doing, which is why there's a grace that is given with it. It's not hard. It's not painful to do, but it's something that you're going to delight in doing. It's going to bring so much energy. It's going to bring so much transformation, not only in you, but it's going to transform the people that you minister to. So what were the gifts? I'm going to list them out. First gift, prophecy. Rich is going to be preaching on this next week. How fitting that Rich is going to be um, preaching on prophecy. And then we're going to look at service. We're going to look at teaching. We're going to look at exhortation and generosity uh, and leading and in mercy. God gives us these gifts to equip us to do his ministry. And your gift is to help people in a very specific way. We just celebrated Christmas last month. And one of my favorite things is knowing who my kid is. I know Judah, I know Faith, and and I, I start to get to know what they love. And then it's my job as a father to find them the perfect gift that fits into his personality and, and who is. And now imagine as a parent, as you give this gift to your children and they open the gift to find, and and, and they actually don't open the gift. They actually, you, they, you give them a gift and they just go, oh, thanks. And then they kind of put it down. They don't open the gift to find out what's inside and they never use it. How devastated would I be as a parent to know that this gift that I picked out for them, that I specifically chosen for them because I know who they are. I know that this will bring joy. It would create memories. This year we brought, I mean, I've told you this about Judah. I mean, he, he's obsessed about space. So this year we bought you some large size inflatable planets. And in some ways I kind of regret getting this for him because now we have like, we have like 10 different inflatable planets that is constantly housed and it's, it's a mess. But I knew this is exactly what he wanted. And so on Christmas, we actually bought this gift for him in the summer when we found it, it was on sale. So we just like, okay, let's get it for him. We held on to it until Christmas. And on Christmas Day, when he opened this gift, oh, he was so excited. He was so excited. I've never seen him this excited. And when he when he started ripping, he's like, he looked up at me as he just peeked into kind of that box to see what it was. And he just tore it open and he screamed so loud and he was so excited. And that was the, the rest of the morning. He was just obsessed with with this, this, these new planets, we had to blow them up. He was lining them up and, and making them orbit around each other. And, and uh, it was so, it was just, he was so happy. As a parent, when you see that and you see your children filled with joy, and when they receive this gift, this is the same way that God feels that He wants us to delight in the gifts, that He delights in us and delighting in our gifts that He's given us. It's what, and all of these gifts is what makes us different from each other. And through these gifts, we reveal the heart of the Father, not only for ourselves, but also for the world to see how much the Father loves the world. We want to see our church lead in all of these areas. 
all of these gifting areas. We want our, our churches to, to lead in all of these areas. Imagine the impact that we would have in our community and in our city. We just appointed some new deacons and we've announced our, our new deacons. And trust me, in these 12 deacons, all the gifts are covered. I know that because I, I handpicked all the deacons. You, do you know that the word deacon actually means help? But these deacons are literally here to help our church reach out to the community. And that, that means that you as a church also get to partake in that with the deacons as they're starting to lead these ministries. So each week, as we go through these, these, these seven different gifts here, we're going to unpack each of these gifts to see how these gifts that are given to us will show us more of how we are to be with Jesus. How as we unravel these, these gifts and unravel these things, like these gifts not only begin to transform us from the inside, but it empowers us. This is when the church will begin to thrive because who we serve will get to see who Jesus is. So as we begin, as we begin this series, there's a couple of things I want you as a church to start to discover and start to figure out for yourself. What are your personal gifts? If you don't know what that is, then start by seeing uh, and, and looking at your community and, and, and saying, what, what do you, what do they see in you? What do you see in me? What are, what are the gifts that you see in me? But also go to that place of what are the gifts that I start, that I desire to have? Because Paul says to us in 2 Timothy, and he's, Paul says to Timothy, he says this, stir up the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the Holy Spirit. Stir up the gift that is in you. And so as a church, as we move, as we are to be with Jesus, as we are to be in the community, as we are to be the, the salt and light of this world, I want you guys to be able to find your gift so that you're able to, to, to reveal God's heart for, for, for our community, for the world to see. Every single one of us is given a gift. There's not a single person that's left out. And if you feel like you don't have one, come talk to us as pastors. I would love to be able to help you walk through that and, and, and discover what are the gifts that God has given me. We want to help you find your gifts. And so we're going to start this series, and this is an exciting time for our church. Stir up the gift that is in you. We want to help you find it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, that you are a God that, that, that gives us good gifts. You are the God that gives us the, uh, a spirit that, that, that is our helper. The Holy Spirit that is our helper. Lord, that as, lo as long as we are with you, that we could do all things. So, Father God, may we be your church. May we be a rep representation of who you are. So, Father God, as we um, dive into this series, Lord, give us the excitement of just what your spirit wants five stones to do. So, Lord, as we look towards you, may you continue to pour your spirit into us. Reveal and bring revelations um, out of our hearts. And may we continue to see you. May we continue to know your presence. And may we continue to be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, we thank you that we are your children. 
And like any parent to your child, you just want to give them good gifts. And you want to develop them in good things. And so, Lord, we're just so thankful for these gifts that you have given us. You know, as John was speaking, I I feel like I could, I got like pages here, but I'll keep it as short as I can. Um, You know, a couple points that just came to me is that we already have these gifts. And, you know, you can ask for more and, and they will grow as you develop them. But, but don't ever, you know, don't lie to yourself. You already have these gifts and they are already active in who you are. God has placed them in you. These are the things that you just naturally do, that you get joy from doing. If you're a person that in, enjoys encouraging people, guess what? You've already got the gift of exhortation. If you enjoy helping people, guess what? You've already got the joy of serving, the gift of serving. So these are things that, you know, we need to take and we need to own. You know, the uniqueness of our gifts is really what also struck me. Um, You know, we see this all the time when Ben and Greg or, or even Rich are speaking prophetically over people. And I've had this myself. How many times you hear them say, your gift is going to be unique. Your ministry is going to be unique. And that is because God has designed each of us to be unique. There is not 12 models that get repeated. There's not even 100,000 models. We're all unique. And what the Lord also just laid on me is, you know, in a time of of Amazon Prime and, and instant gratification, there has been no previous copy of you. He has waited since time began for your unique gifts to come into this moment, into this place. He's put you into this community. He's put you into this, this city where you live. And that's important because I can't do what you can do. And you can't do what I can do. And so that's why we as a community, we're the many parts that make a whole. And so the last thing I just want to leave you with is that it's the uniqueness of these gifts that also reveal the Father. He is the only creative power. He is the one that, that sets uniqueness and, and, and makes each of us different. And, you know, we reveal the world when we don't go out as carbon clones when we don't go and just repeat a mantra without understanding what it means it's it's when you tell your testimony and i tell my testimony and you tell how you personally have encountered god these are the things that 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 people bring people to the church you know in north america we're blessed that we have this you know very christian countries and upbringing Um, And so a lot of people have basic knowledge about what Christianity is, but that doesn't drive people into churches. It's when people tell them, this is what God did for me. So I would also just encourage you that as you're looking at what your gifts are and you're exploring how am I called to serve, also look at what your testimony is, because I think your gifts will show in there, but also that 
is how you can go forth into the world. No, no one can question your testimony because it is yours and yours alone. And um, that is just the power of, of a God that knows each of us so personally, knows the hairs on our heads, knows when we don't have hairs on our heads. He, he knows everything about us. So yeah, just I just encourage you guys this week, just dig into those gifts. Look at the things that come naturally to you. Look at the things that you want to do. How do you want to serve and ask God for them? We know that when we ask, he will give it and he will give abundantly. So Lord, we just thank you this week. We just thank you for just a powerful word today. We thank you for just a wonderful worship. We just thank you that you are here and you are moving in us. And we just pray that you would bless us this week. Amen. Have a good week.